Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Europa League recap. We have Heath Beers, Jimmy Conrad to break it all down. Stay right here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. It's Europa League recap time. We have Jimmy Conrad, Heath Beers to break it all down. 24 matches. 24 matches. Jimmy, can we break them all down? I mean, I researched all of them, so I hope, but probably not. That's a lot of matches to have happen on one day. It's a lot of matches. And God bless Jimmy Conrad, by the way. Such a workhorse. He's here now. He's been doing HQ. He's just doing everything. Is there more than one of you, like that Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where Calvin just, like, multiplies himself? There's more than one of you, isn't there? I, I can't confirm or deny any rumors at this time, Luis. <laughs> well, regardless of that, we have Heath Pierce also with us. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I see that you decided to throw on a Celtic shirt, at least theme shirt after a loss today. But Jimmy went with the winner. So uh, kind of I would love a breakdown uh, off the show as to why you guys picked those ones. I know why Jimmy picked the winner, but yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, well, mine is called uh, No More Laundry. So I have to okay. pick up whatever. Function, function. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, it. let's kick things off straight away. Let's begin. There's a lot of matches, but let's kick off with AC Milan beating Celtic 3 one. Now they've made it 21 matches unbeaten. It's their longest run since 1996. We had Kroonich, Diaz, uh, Hog at the end in stoppage time. I'm going to pronounce uh, the Norwegian young star's name wrong every single time. Apologies. But 3-1. Slatten did play, but he didn't score, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Heath, is this the shades of 90s AC Milan now? Are we seeing like the revival of AC Milan? You know what I love when people go down the historic route? Uh, anytime a team is informed of saying, are we seeing the resurgence? I don't think so. Uh, it's a different type of team. It's a different type of, uh, different style of play. Again, it's unimpressive in the sense that, you know, that, that very, very pragmatic style, they're getting those results. But one person I want to talk about is Brahim Diaz. He's, he obviously scored a goal today. He's starting to get more minutes on loan from Real Madrid. This is a kid who was considered one of the top young players in the world. You know, a, a, a youth Spanish international uh, didn't make it at Manchester city was one of these guys that went to Manchester city. One of the first ones, by the way, when, when everybody was talking about Man City's new developmental program and they're moving players over, didn't make it, went to Real Madrid, hasn't made it there, and now starting to find his form. Uh, and, and a guy that I thought was impressive today, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play more. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm not, I'm not sure that we're seeing this type of resurgence. But look, unbeaten is, is, is this, this far down the, down the line is impressive. So uh, I, I like what I'm seeing. But in terms of uh, historical comparisons, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from that for now. I just wanted to take a little hot take and see where we went with it. But okay. you made Ooh, it good. I, I almost talked myself into it while I was talking. So I'm glad, I'm glad I was able to get you back out, you know. Go, but you didn't. That's good. I, I, That's good. I, I was like, is, is he leading me down? Am I missing something here? Do I need to say yes? But yeah, I, 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 I stick in, I'm sticking to my answer. I was reading you. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jimmy, I mean, Celtic. They 2-1, you thought, oh, maybe, but not no, really, right? No, never, no, never Luis. I never thought it was ever a chance for Celtic to get back into it. And if it if they did somehow scrape in with a, a the set piece or whatever it was, which was the first goal, it was going to be more about Milan just letting themselves down than anything Celtic really did. I didn't think they felt too threatening overall. And I really want to give a shout-out 
uh, to the wingbacks, let's say, for Milan. I thought Theo was excellent. I mean, all of a sudden, he's supposed to be probably like 50 yards farther back than he is. He's bombing forward. He's creating assists. He's making things happen. And then you have uh, Diago Dallo, who's on loan from Manchester United on the right side. I thought he was very good today. And I think that gives him good balance because uh, Theo Hernandez bombs so far forward you know, it's, you never know who's going to come over and, and take it. And now that they can hit you on both wings, I think that makes them a lot more unpredictable in attack. And I think that's just going to lead to Zlatan scoring more goals. But it was actually nice not to see Zlatan scoring because I think if, if Milan are really going to compete for trophies in multiple competitions, they got to have other people step up besides him. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to uh, Sandro Tonali, who uh, I tweeted that he looks, I feel like him and Adam Driver haven't been in the same room. I feel like they're <laughs> the same person. So if our producers have that tweet, put it up right now. Let's move on. Three for three for English sides. Arsenal beating Rapid Wien, Tottenham beating Lask, Leicester City beating Soria Luhansk. Let's begin with the Gunners. 2-1, they went down 1-0. First, uh, a horrific mistake. Stop playing off the back all the time. Just be simple. My God. Heath, you're a goner, right? What do you think of this one? Oh, it's all about uh, principles of play over results. <laughs> you know uh, but, but again, Partey, it, it, that's the big impression for me is that when you look at defensive midfield uh, signings, and I, and I said this before, but when you look at those, Diaby, Torreira, Coughlin, Xhaka, El Nene, None of them compare to this guy. The dynamics that he has, the speed in which he plays, the power, the pace of his passes, the ground that he covers, just the general energy you can see. And this, is, this was a very flat uh, Arsenal side today. They weren't very good until, until Aubameyang came in. They weren't very good over 90 minutes, but he is a difference maker. And he had a man of the mass performance, which in an otherwise underwhelming day, it could, he could easily fall into the trap of the performance of the rest of the team. But that's one that, again, that I'm like, they finally got it right. It's not like you see one match and you're like, oh, there's flashes. Maybe he's going to get to that level. They brought in a guy who's at the top of his game that can contribute immediately and lift the team when they're having a poor day. Yeah, I wonder what the Atleti fan on the other side is thinking about that. I mean, I've thought, you know, I've said it from day one, right? It's not like Arsenal's ever going to be the Invincibles again, but they could, you know, at least try and emulate the strategy behind it. The reason why Gilberto and uh, Patrick Vieira were so good was because they were just not good defensively, but good creatively. I thought Thomas Partey is at least adding that. What did you see from Arsenal today, Jimmy, against Rapid Wien? Yeah, I thought... In some ways, and I don't want to be negative, too negative at least. I like to always stick it to Arsenal fans because they just whine so much, including yeah, Heath. But I would you say name that a Premier League fan that doesn't whine that's all the true. time. You're that's either, true. You're either gloating or you bask in your, your unhappiness. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'll accept that. I, I thought this was a big opportunity for Eddie Enketia uh, up top. You know, last season, I thought Saka really emerged. Martinelli both emerged. Two young players used the Europa League as, as a stepping stone to get regular first-team minutes. And Ketia, so good with youth national teams for England, can't translate that to the first team with the Gunners. It's a big chance for him against an opponent that I thought he had or could have had more opportunities than he, than he did. So he came off, Aubameyang comes on, and then Aubameyang's like, I'm in charge. I wear the Superman cape here. I'm going to save the day. And I know he had a tap in, but his influence, just his presence on the field, I think gives a boost to the rest of the team that they're going to get something done. They're going to win this game now. No more messing around with Rapid Vienna. So yeah, that's pretty much what I took away from it uh, to just to add to what he said. Uh, some, some good performances, some, all right, we got to work on that a little bit. Obviously an uncharacteristic move by Leno in the back and hopefully they'll get eradicate that from their game as soon as possible. But 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where you can build a lot of different narratives here, but the one I think I'm most impressed with is the fact that they didn't play well, but they still got a result. Yep, that's a big one right there. Three points for Arsenal as they begin Europa League. A uh, special shout-out, I think, to Elneny as well because it was his ball that really gave it to Bayerin for that Aubameyang goal. Let's go now. Let's stay in North London, Tottenham. Well, uh, you know, a full-rounded performance, you know, uh, they didn't have their starters. People came in later, you know, but it really it was Carlos Vinicius, uh, their new player coming in on loan. Uh, Lamella was behind them. Gareth Bell, of course, got his minutes. Lucas Mauda, who opened the scoring. And a, a pretty good performance from Tottenham Heath. Yeah, absolutely. Again, seven changes in the lineup. But, and this is really important after the, after the uh, West Ham result uh, last weekend is to be able to go out and just get a result, right? Performance-wise, with that many changes, you're still expected as as a as a team as deep as Spurs are or as good as Spurs are to be able to put anybody on the field understand uh, what the Europa League means what is what understand what it means to get minutes for Spurs who are coming off of a, a tough result well I mean they got a point but they should have won um, over the weekend and and just grind out a result right it's against a different team and that helps build confidence no matter who's on the field yeah and Jimmy it's always a good thing when you don't need Harry Kane at all and you managed yeah, to win. No question. I think they showed last season that when he's out of the team, it's very hard for them to score goals consistently. And I think it makes or it puts a lot of pressure on Hingman's son to be the hero. And he was for a good portion of last season until he got hurt as well. I do want to give a shout out to Carlos Vinicius, who is on loan from Benfica. He has a quote here that said, last season, I had lots of problems with no striking force. He said this after the game, not even wingers or attacking players in some periods of the season. And now we have this amazing squad. I really love, he had two assists in this one. I really loved how he held up the ball. And when he holds up the ball, it allows some very dynamic midfielders to run past him. And that gives him options. And it's very hard as a defender. And he can talk about this as well to, to know what to defend. Do I keep applying pressure to the ball or do I drop off and block the passing lane? So they don't have an easy pass. The defenders couldn't figure it out from last today. And he set up some, some, some great goals for Lucas Mora and Hingman's son there at the end. And, I think Carlos Vinicius could be one of their like sneaky good signings uh, of this transfer window. Yeah, absolutely. Let's stay with strikers. We talked about Harry Kane, Carlos Vinicius. Now let's go to Leicester City again with Leicester not playing with Jamie Vardy. It's still another good win. Three, nothing against Ori Luhansk. James Madison opens the score. Then Harvey Bantz does his, um, uh, does his little golf uh, putting celebration, of course. And Kelechi Iniacho getting it for three, nothing. Comprehensive victory. Pretty good for Brendan Rodgers after losing to Villa. Heath. Yeah, again, this is this is one three successive home defeats for them. Uh, haven't haven't been great, after, even though they beat City a few weeks ago. It, it's just one of those ones again. Europa League, you're playing against a, a team that you're not as familiar with to go out and get a result. Show just show your superior power. I think is is a real is a real changer. And and you know we talk about this a lot. You have a lot of changes sometimes in the group stages of Europa League. You know some of the bigger teams are resting players or squad rotation. You still have to get results. There's still an expectation to get results. And so I thought it was just. A, a real uh, right down the middle fundamental win for 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 Leicester to to come out with a result. Yep. Now from England to Spain, three for three for England, and now three for three for Spain. Villarreal in a goal fest uh, against the score five three. PSV. Uh, oh, Mario Gatsa. So good to see him score, but Granada wins it two one, and then Rijeka loses one nothing to Real Sociedad. Out of those games, Jimmy, anything that stood out to you? Well, I think what's impressive, because you can never sleep on Spanish competition in Europe, right? I mean, they are always finding a way to get results, is that all three Spanish clubs won in different ways. One scored late in the 90th minute. That was La Real. Villarreal just said, let's make it a goal fest. Nobody wants to play defense. Look like an all-star game, you know, and uh, lots of good performances in that one. I'll, and I'll highlight that. And then Granada came back 
and scored a fantastic goal to win it with Darwin uh, Machis, who uh, was a terrific finish. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly suggest go finding those highlights. But yeah, it was it was good. It was especially La Real, Real Sociedad. They just look like they're in control. They have a big one against Napoli uh, in match day two next week. That's going to be the one to watch because Napoli did lose, and I know we're going to talk about them shortly. But I really like the way that they controlled the game. They've got so many special players with the two Mikels, Moreno and Oyarzabal, uh, Alexander Isak up top, David Silva pulling the strings underneath. They got some quality, and they're also on top of the table in La Liga. So everything's going right for them at the current moment. Let's see how long they can hold that off. But, but yeah, I like them. And then uh, with regard to Villarreal, the jersey that I'm wearing, he's not going to get as much praise, but I thought Samuel Chukwesi was fantastic today. He was all over the place. He was setting up all the goals. I know Paco Alcacer came off the bench, and he's going to get all the love and praise for scoring two goals. And we're like, I, when I saw him, I was like, Paco Alcacer still exists? The guy's still alive? <laughs> I mean, he scored like 40 goals in 40 games or something crazy for Dortmund. Then he went to Villarreal. Like, what, what happened to Paco Alcacer? So I'm glad to see that he's doing the business again. That's going to give him a lot of confidence, and it should be good for Villarreal, both domestically and in Europe. But yeah, just some good performances overall from the Spanish teams. Yeah, absolutely. Heath, what what did you make of it? Uh, some good Spanish uh, victories. Uh, Unai Emery, uh, you know, uh, up there right there with Villarreal, of course, uh, doing well. Anything that you wanted to take away from uh, the Spanish sides? Yeah, a few things. Uh, one is uh, Jorge Molina, the 38-year-old scoring. I thought Jimmy would go down that route because he's always got respect for, for, for the old horses uh, that are sticking around. But, you know, scoring three goals on the season so far, 38 years old, scores, scores a big goal. I think, I think that's, uh, you know, uh, giving a nice nod to him. Juan Foyth, the, the player on loan from Spurs, scores in his debut for, for Villarreal, which I think uh, is important no matter where his future lies. Uh, it's important to get into a new club, even if on loan, and, and, and kind of get that confidence to kick you off. But the most impressive thing for me is when you look at the tables within La Liga, you have Sociedad sitting at first, you have Villarreal in second, Granada in fifth. It's not just a, a fluke year from before. Now they're just trying to survive and this is their big competition. They're actually creating some havoc within the table. And I think that's an important distinction of not just slipping into Europe and then, you know, finishing mid table next year because they put all their eggs in this basket. They're actually performing across all competitions, which I think is really impressive um, compared to, you know, when you, when you look at just the, you know, Sociedad, Villarreal and, and Granada being, being the names on, on the shirts. Yeah, and Granada is an interesting one because they did get killed by Atletico Madrid, but then they beat Sevilla right after that. So they're they're an interesting team. But absolutely, it's good to see you know teams that are not Atleti, that are not Real Madrid, that are not Barcelona doing well in continental competition. All right, moving on. Right now, what I want to do is I want to ask each Jimmy and Heath to just pick a game. Uh, maybe a team performance that perhaps we haven't talked about yet. Uh, you know, and this can be anything, anyone, and because there's so many games, so many good victories from day one of Europa League. Jimmy, let's start with you. Any team, any specific performance that we should have really paid attention to more? Well, I think Bayer Leverkusen is going to turn a lot of heads. So uh, that one, one would be worth talking about, but I'm going to flip it and go the other way. I'm going to say Napoli. They had everything going into this game against Azed Alkmar. They had the momentum from beating Atalanta in the previous weekend. They had a, a player in Osiman, Victor Osiman, up top, who's really emerging as one of their top talents. You got Chucky Lozano scoring a bunch of goals. Like everything's pointing to Gigaro Gattuso's men getting a good result against a team in Azed who had eight or nine guys missing due to COVID. Like this was, you're going to wipe the floor with these guys. And not only did they not win, they couldn't even score. Now, in fairness to them, they had. 20 shots, six on target, but nothing really too threatening. It wasn't like there was a heroic goalkeeping performance from Azed or anything like that. They just 
lacked that quality in the final third. And that could cost them because, as I mentioned before, they're playing Real Sociedad next week in match day two. If they drop that after two match days, they got zero points and they got two clubs above them that have six. It's going to be really hard for them to get out of the group. And they were one of my favorites. I thought, oh, wow, they won the Copa Italia last season. They know how to handle these one-off competitions. Well, maybe they do if they get out of the group stages. And that might be a lot of work for them at the moment. So I'm a little worried for them in a lot of different ways, even though the statistics do prove that they had a lot of the ball and 73% possession and all that good stuff. It didn't turn into anything meaningful, but fair play to Azad. I don't want to take anything away from them. That is a massive win. It's really weird as well from a Napoli's perspective because they just, you know, defeated Atalanta. Uh, comprehensively, and now they go and do this. It goes to show the inconsistency sometimes of form. Heath, what about you? So many games, so many matches, anybody in particular? Yeah, as Jimmy said, Leverkusen, that's the one for me, and it's probably the low-hanging fruit just because of the amount of goals that were scored, but the one thing I want to speak about particularly is Florian Wirtz, the youngest ever goal scorer in the Bundesliga, gets a goal today in Europa League, 17 years old. Um, but on top of that, you have Leon Bailey, Diaby, both having great performances. And, and again, I, I, th I think this is, this is a team they lost in the quarterfinals to last year in the competition to Inter Milan, who go on to, to become runners-up of, of the tournament. So just a really dangerous squad and, and sleepy dangerous, right? When you, look, when you think about the Bundesliga, you're not really thinking about uh, Leverkusen as that heavy hitter, but they're starting to become this very powerful team within Europa League and, and definitely one of the favorites, I think, to go on, uh, on a deep run and go deeper than the quarterfinals this year, perhaps a semifinals or final appearance. Well, yeah, they, lo I mean, they lost, but they lost Kai Havertz. Sorry to interrupt, but they lost Kai Havertz and Kevin Voland, who were two of their highest scoring players last season. I thought the expectations were, were right for uh, most of us casuals that are kind of paying attention from afar. Bayer Leverkusen are not going to do anything this season, but yet they're undefeated. They have a lot of draws in the league, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Heath. I thought their, their performance, especially against a Patrick Vieira managed team in Nice, who were doing okay themselves, was superb and everybody was good. And, and if I'm in the Bundesliga, I'd be worried about them a little bit because uh, they're, they're on fire right now. Well, that's the last thing I'll say about Florian Wirtz is that they, they could have gone out and, and spent some money, right? They got $100 million or whatever for, for, for Havertz. Uh, but they're working with this young player. He's 17 years old. He's already scored in the Bundesliga. He's now scored in Europa League. He's sort of the next super talent to come out of Germany that's, that's, that's German born and raised. So I think that's, that, that's one that you'll start to see him rise because of the fact that he's going to get those chances and those reps game after game. Huge shoes to fill, but, but I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I did a very big piece on Leverkusen a few years ago on just on how their mindset when it comes to development and finding people, it's pretty much like Ajax. They really find really good value and then they might sell it later. I mean, shout out to Ezequiel Palacios, who used to play for River Plate, of course, and now plays for Leverkusen. My only pick will be Hoffenheim. You know, they got a good win against Red Star Belgrade. Let's stay with the Bundesliga. Show them some love. Anyway, that, my friends, is it. That's your Europa League Recap. We got plenty, plenty more. And wait, this, wait, is that 24 matches already? Did we? we it's did all 24. It, yeah, we, yeah we did it. it. We did it. We did. We, we did. All right. it. What's the point of all the notes? <laughs> yeah. What's the point? Listen, don't uh, don't, don't tell the don't tell the producers or or the people that, that that put the money in our paychecks. But that's it. That's what that's what we did. That's it. We covered. That's it. But this All gang done. right here will be back as well to recap the weekend action, which is a lot. El Clasico Premier League, Revier Derby, of course. Heath Pierce, Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brothers. Always a pleasure. Thank you. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. We will be back in a few days to recap the entire action from the weekend at classical premier league review derby of course we will see you then stay tuned and don't forget to follow us on Kegolasopod on twitter and leave a rating and review on apple podcasts and just follow and stream us wherever you listen to your pods we'll see you next time 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 